chapter 41, we'll be at the end of chapter 41, is where we'll start. Thank you for your good attention this morning, went rather lengthy, uh, so thank you for sticking with me through that, and uh, so this afternoon we'll go rather lengthy again, no I'm just kidding, uh, well I have no idea, we'll see, whenever we end, we end, but uh, try not to go too long this afternoon. As I know, we've all just eaten lunch, and we're all ready for our afternoon nap, and uh, so if you can just give me a few minutes before you doze off, I'd appreciate it, and, uh, and then we can all head to the house, and uh, uh, we're in that stage, this is very unbiblical, so if I apologize in advance, we're at that stage in the year of perfect nap season. You get home, and the race is on TV, easy to sleep to a race. Uh, or golf is on TV, really easy to sleep to golf. Uh, it won't be long, baseball, easy to sleep to. They're pretty much all easy to sleep to at this point. So, uh, so it's, it's great nap season uh, here, end of February, end of March. It's really good nap season. So, and if, you, if I offended you by talking bad about racing, I apologize. Um, but I don't think we have any big race fans in our church. So, um, Nonetheless, they're in Sedona today. I don't know why I really know that, but... Not Sedona. That's not right. They're in California. What's the one in California? It doesn't matter. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> Joseph and his brothers. Speaking of racing, uh, chapter 41 here we come across the, the reunion of Joseph and his brothers. We're going to look at, um, we're going to split this story into two parts. So we're going to look at the first part today. We'll look at the second part next week. And both of them have all kinds of fun uh, things within it. But look in uh, chapter 41, starting in verse 53. Remember where we left off at. Uh, Joseph had, was in prison. Pharaoh had the dream. The butler remembered Joseph. Joseph came and God gave him the interpretation of the Pharaoh's dream and, uh, and uh, then gave a great advice to the Pharaoh. Uh, and he should put someone in charge to kind of handle all the saving and the storage and all this kind of stuff. And Pharaoh says, man, there's nobody better to do it than you, Joseph. And so he puts Joseph in charge, and that kind of leads into now, remember those dreams, seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. Verse 53, and the seven years of plenteousness uh, that was in the land of Egypt were ended, and the seven years of dearth began to, uh, to come, according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all the lands, but in all the land of Egypt, uh, there was bread. Why? Because Joseph helped store it up. Uh, verse 55, And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph what he saith to you to do. Uh, what he saith to you do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold them to the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all the lands. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do ye look one upon another? Which, that cracks me up. Uh, and he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt, but uh, get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. So there you go, stage is set. Uh, Jacob looks at his sons and he asks a great question, why do you look one upon another? Um, so it's almost like they were sitting around going, well, what are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? I don't know. What do you think we should do? And Jacob says, hey, 
Uh, I was going to use a stronger word. Um, hey, not very smart guys. Uh, what are you doing looking at each other? There's corn in Egypt. Go get it. Go buy it uh, so that we don't die. Good, good plan by Jacob. Let's pray and we'll look at the story. Lord, thank you for your word, for the great example that Joseph is. And, and to look now um, at this uh, opportunity, opportunity to be bitter and angry um, and opportunity to do right. And Lord, I pray that as we look at the story of Joseph's brothers and Joseph being reunited, that we would be reminded and that we would learn things. Uh, and Lord, that we can use the example that we see uh, of Joseph in the way that we live as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see that, first of all, in the passage that we just read, we see that the famine was impacting, impacting everybody, right? Uh, this was not a small famine. This is over, it says the whole world at one point here, uh, over the face of the earth in verse 56. Uh, so it's very widespread famine. Uh, everyone's being affected by it. And the news began to get out that, um, that there was bread in Egypt. I, I was thinking about this as I was looking at this passage and thinking the story of the famine, or that, that there were storehouses in Egypt, that there was food that you could go get, that had spread. How about the story about this, this Hebrew guy that was a prisoner and... And, you know, and, 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 and interpreted the dream for the king and, and is now running the country. How did that not spread? Or maybe it did and, and there was never just put two and two together. But I was just sitting there thinking, you know what? It would seem to think that that story would get out, um, even without social media and things like that. That there would be this story, and, you know, we read it as Joseph. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sure there was other name for him at some point there in Egypt and things like that, too. But... At the end of the day, it's, it intrigues me that the brothers didn't put two and two together, especially as we get later in the story. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Anyways, moving on. Uh, we see that Joseph's dream comes true. Remember Joseph's dreams back when he was 17? He told his brothers about these dreams that he had. Look in verse number 3. We're in chapter 42 now. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn into Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob, sent not with his brethren, for he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. And the sons of Israel came uh, to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed of them, and said unto them, Ye are spies to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. Um, it's, it's interesting, is it not, where as he's sitting there and he recognizes his brothers and they've bowed down their face to him as everybody would do and Joseph remembers his dreams. I mentioned this last week when we talked about the dreams of the butler and the baker and the dreams of Pharaoh um, that I mentioned that maybe David always lived with the remembrance of those dreams. That maybe it was on his mind. I had a dream that one day my brothers would bow down to me, uh, then my father and mother included in that, 
And I just, and again, it's just pure curiosity. I've always wondered if during those, those times in Potiphar's house or in the prison, did Joseph remember those dreams and kind of hold on to the hope that those dreams would come true? Um, we don't know for certain, but we do know that when his brothers bowed down to him, Joseph remembered the dreams. And I, we see the emotions of Joseph in this story and in the stories to come, but I just have to imagine this, uh, at the very least, this light bulb moment of it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Um, and, and Joseph's interesting in the story, is he not, for how he handles his brothers? And I've heard it preached a couple of different ways, but um, you know, some of it is him kind of playing tricks on them. Some of it, uh, the other opinion would be is he wanted to test them and see if they had changed or learned their lesson, anything like that. Um, and I think we could see a little bit of both of that in, in this story. But at, at any point, we do know that Joseph remembered the dreams that God gave him as a 17-year-old, where he told his brothers and they hated him, and they told his brothers and they were jealous of him, and, uh, and we told his father, and his father pondered on those things. It clicked with Joseph here. I had a dream that this was going to happen. And it's coming to fruition. Interesting. Look in verse 10 through 20. It says, They said unto him, Nay, my Lord, uh, by food uh, are thy servants. You got your spies. You're just trying to figure out the, how bad it is here. Which, of course, we told the famine is widespread. So wherever they'd come from probably was having famine too. But anyways, uh, he calls them spies. They say, No, we're just come to buy bread. Uh, verse 13, They said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan, and behold, the youngest is uh, this day with our father, and one is not. Who's that one? That one is Joseph. I find it interesting, too, that they didn't just say there's 11 of us. Right? They told their dad, Joseph must be dead. Yet when they're asked, what's your family like? They say, we have 12, there's 12 of us. One's at home, and one's, one is not. I'm sitting there going, well, why not just say 11 if we don't, Joseph's not a part of your life, hasn't been a part of your life for about 20 years. Um, but they, they said, we got 12. Um, one's at the father and one is not. Verse 14, Joseph said unto them, that is it, that I spake unto you, saying, ye are spies, hereby ye shall be proved by the life of Pharaoh, ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. So send one of you. And let him fetch your brother, and ye shall be kept in the prison, that your words may be proved whether there be any truth in you, or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely ye are spies. He throws them all in prison for three days, the next, the next verse says, and then he tells them, we're going to just leave one guy back. Everybody else can go back, get your younger brother. If you bring him back, then I know you aren't spies. Um, and uh, verse 20 says, but bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. So they took off. Um, he bound. Uh, uh, it's in there. Um, oh, it's coming up. Sorry, we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, and so uh, verse 21 is interesting because we notice not only did Joseph remember his brothers and what they did to him, but his brothers had not forgotten it either. Now, it's proof in the fact they said there's 12 of us, right? Uh, but... In this conversation that we see with these brothers, it's really interesting to me because, like I said, this is 20-plus years ago. He was 17 when he had the dream, and they sold him off. We assume at 17, 18, somewhere in a range, sold him off. 
Uh, and then he spent 13 years until he was promoted by Pharaoh. So he was 30 years old after he got out of prison. The seven years of plenty had already gone and passed. So that's, that's 13 years plus 7 is 20, if I'm correct. And then, and then the dearth had begun. So we don't know how long the dearth had been going. So we know it's been at least 20 years since his brothers sold him. Look in verse 21. And they said one to another, We are very guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul, and when, we, when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. Reuben says, I told you so, right? Verse 22, uh, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and you would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. Isn't this interesting? 20 years later, and the brothers, and I'm, I'm just, this is purely opinion, but I feel like anytime anything bad happened to the family, the brothers would look at each other and say, nope, well, we're paying for Joseph. Oh, this must be because of what we did to Joseph. Because 20 years later, at least, Joseph, who they don't know is Joseph, throws him in prison, then says, all of you go except for one, and, and go get your youngest brother and bring him back, or else you're going to die. You're not going to get uh, you're, 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 it. That's the way it's going to work. And their first response is, this is because of what we did to Joseph. And I'm sitting there going, seriously, 20 years ago? You understand how much that weighed on them? And so he goes on, verse 23, we see Joseph is paying attention to what's going on. Uh, they knew not that Joseph understood them because he was talking to them through an interpreter, it says in verse 23. Uh, so he wasn't even speaking their language. And uh, verse 24, he turned himself about from them and wept. And he returned to them again and communed with them and took from them Simeon and bound him before their eyes. He hears them talking about this is what we did. This is happening because of what we did to Joseph. Then he hears Reuben say, I told you guys not to do it. And he's listening to the, his brothers talk about the day that they, they thought they ruined his life. And the emotions begin to overwhelm him. He, he leaves the room. He cries. He comes back. And he arrests Simeon. And he commands him, verse 25, to fill their sacks with corn and restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. Uh, and so we see this. This uh, uh, Joseph, I personally see him as running all this through his mind. This is a lot to take in. His brothers all of a sudden show up, and they bow down. He remembers a dream that he had. Then he hears them talking about the day they, they threw him in a pit and sold him off into slavery. And he hears one brother talk about, I tried to save him, but you guys wouldn't let me. And you got all this just coming through his head. He, he breaks down a little bit. But then he tells his, his people, he says, put all their money back in the sacks with the corn um, and give them provision for, for the trip home. Uh, it's just intriguing to me. But then that puts the brothers in another predicament. <laughs> Look at verse 26. Uh, they latted their asses with corn and departed thence, and as one of them opened his sack to give his as provender in the end, he espied his money, for behold, it was in his sack's mouth. And he said unto his brother, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid, 
saying one to another, What is this that God hath done unto us? They knew they were in trouble. And they knew something wasn't right. And they knew that they are already on this uh, rough ground with this guy that's taking care of the food provisions. And he said that, he's, that he thinks we're spies. And we're supposed to go get our other brother. we got one brother in prison. And, and now our money's here. And, and that doesn't look good for us. And they were scared to death. And they, just, they felt the judgment of God coming down on their lives. And it, again, it makes me think, how have this, has this 20 years been for them? It makes me think miserable. Exactly. That's exactly what I think. If, if these events immediately have them going, this is, this is payment for what we did to Joseph, what is God doing to us? It makes me think that everything that happened, every time it rained and thunderstormed, uh-oh, is God coming to get us? Again, this is my opinion, but we don't read this in the Bible. But it makes me think, my goodness, these guys had to have been miserable. Think about David and his sin with Bathsheba. And we read, and if you read and piece together the different areas of his life, you can see that that, that year in between his sin and, and when Nathan confronts him, David, had, he was sick. Yeah, he was physically hindered. Uh, he, had, he had a rough year from everything we can understand. And he didn't seem to comprehend his sin even until Nathan finally said, it's you. And it just shows you that sin... You pay a price for sin. You pay a price from God. But I think some of that is, is too just the, the guilt of sin, whether we are willing to admit it at the time or not. It's going to weigh on you. You're not going to get away uh, free. You're not going to live life um, openly and happily in sin. And again, you can go listen to any celebrity interview. None of them are happy. If you listen to an interview where someone's asking about real questions in life, none of them are happy. And they'll tell you, the money, money hasn't fixed my problems. It's caused more problems. The life that I live, it's caused all kinds of problems, whether it's legal issues, uh, relationship issues, parenting issues, whatever it is. Sin does not give you freedom. And we see that here again with Joseph's brothers. They're going through it. They're having a hard time. Um, they go and they head back home, uh, verse 29 through 36. They, they come back to their dad. They're going to tell him everything that happened. Uh, they're going to break down the story, say, Dad, here's the deal we got there. The guy thought we were spies. He threw us in prison for a few days. He sent us back to come get our younger brother. And our money, when they got home, the rest of them opened up their sacks and they found out all of them had their money back. They were scared to death. They weren't, they weren't really sure exactly what was happening, but they knew it wasn't good. And uh, Jacob wasn't, wasn't too happy about it either. Uh, look in verse 35. And it came to pass, they emptied their sacks, that behold, every man's bundle of money was in the sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said unto them, uh, Me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, because remember, he's in prison. And ye will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. And Reuben steps up again. It's the only Reuben I like, by the way. 
Uh, the sandwich is disgusting, and I've never met another Reuben that I like. But Reuben here steps up, and he speaks. He speaks. He says to his dad, "Slay my two sons, father. Slay my two sons if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again." He says, "Dad, give me Benjamin. Let's go back. And if I don't bring him back, you can kill my two kids." That's a bold statement from Reuben. We see, we see some character in this man. Was he perfect? No, nobody is, but we see some character in him. But Jacob didn't want any part of it. Verse 38, uh, he says, My son shall not go with you. We see Jacob still valuing one kid over others. He says, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. Uh, if mischief befall him by the way in which you go, then shall you bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. You remember his mourning process with Joseph was a very, very hard and lengthy mourning. And to this day, from what we read, it's still on his mind, which makes sense, right? Uh, but still on his mind. Uh, verse 1 tells us the famine continued. Verse 2, um, they didn't have anything left. Uh, they needed something. Verse 3, Judah, uh, he now is going to stand up a little bit here. And uh, he says, Dad, he said, the guy told us that if we don't bring Benjamin, I'm paraphrasing, I know, but if we don't bring Benjamin back, we, you know, we're done for. We have to go get corn. And in order to do that, Benjamin has to come with us. Uh, verse number 7, and they said, the man asked us straightly, because he asked, uh, I'm skipping verses, but uh, Jacob said, why did you even tell him you had another brother? Why couldn't you just say there's 10 of us? What was the point? Kind of like I'm saying, why did they say 12 of us when Joseph's been gone for 20 years? Uh, Jacob's saying, why did you even tell him about Benjamin? Well, who cares? That guy wouldn't have known any different, which he may. But anyways, uh, verse 7, the man asked us straightly of our state and of our kindred, saying, is your father yet alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to the tenor of these words, can we certainly know that he would say, bring your brother down? He said, Dad, are we supposed to know? Now again, I, and this is just me, so give, just bear with me for a second. If they heard about a Hebrew guy that was in prison and interpreted the Pharaoh's dream and it was promoted, and then that, that Hebrew guy we show up to, and apparently they didn't know he was Hebrew, because he was speaking through an interpreter, and it sounds like they deceived him pretty well. But um, which is again deception. Interesting, right? Going into Jacob's lineage, but uh, but but yet here they sit, and, and now this guy says, "Hey, is your dad alive?" I don't know. To me, there's some there's there's some hints here. <laughs> but twenty years is a long time, uh, and and again, I don't know what all they knew. Verse eight, Judah, and again we see Judah here stepping up to the area where Reuben had tried to do before. And Judah steps up, and this is where we start to see an actual change in these brothers. This is where it starts to really begin to turn, I think, a little bit. Uh, but he says, uh, uh, Judah said unto Israel, or Jacob, his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou, and also our little ones. So he's saying, Dad, you know, send him with me, so that we don't die, me or you or my kids, your grandkids. So we can live. You need to send, send Benjamin with me. Uh, verse 9, I will be surety for him. 
Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. For except we had lingered, surely now we had returned this second time. And the father Israel said unto them, If it must be so now, do this. Take the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down the man at present, a little balm and a little honey and spices and myrrh and nuts and almonds. And take double money in your hands. Uh, and the money that was brought, uh, brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand. For adventure, it was an oversight. Take also your brother, and arise, and go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your bro- other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So we come up here, and Judah says, Dad, we've got to do this. We've we, we got to go. I mean, the guy was expecting us to return. Isn't it funny they keep referring him to the man? Um, I don't know, that's interesting. But uh, he says, he was expecting us, and we haven't returned yet, and surely by now we should have returned. And he said, Dad, we really got to go. And he says, okay, but take the money that they sent back with you and take another payment and take fruits and gifts and all these things from our land. Take it as well and pray that God gives you mercy and that you return my Son, uh, how, do you, how do you word it? Uh, your brother and Benjamin. Uh, I'm sure that was uh, nice for Simeon. Uh, that other guy and Benjamin, make sure you guys come back. Um, and it is nice that he wanted Simeon to come back too. Uh, but I find it funny, the verbiage that's used here again. Uh, then we see Jacob giving in, of course. Uh, and, and, and he just says, if I, if I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. He kind of came to that conclusion of, I really hope nothing bad happens, and if it does, it does, and we'll have to deal with that when it comes. Uh, I want to spend next week on the rest of this, this story, and to see now the brothers returning, still not knowing who they're talking to, and again, we learn so much from Joseph um, in this story, and we see, and again, some of this is just personal speculation, but we see his mind running here with, okay, I had the dream. It's come true. Uh, I'm, I'm going to test them. Uh, he already heard what they were saying. I'm going to put the money in their sacks. Um, we're going to make them bring their brother back. Uh, you know, and he's, you can kind of see him going through this plan of getting to see his dad, of getting to be a part of that family again. Um, and, and it's intriguing to watch just the, and again, now he's 37, 38, somewhere in that age range. Um, uh, I mean, you know, us upper 30s guys are pretty smart guys, but, uh, but Joseph here is, is, he's making a plan, and he wants, I believe, he wants to know who his brothers are today. And, and then he wants, to, he wants to, to, to know his younger brother. He wants to, to meet and get to know. And he wants to see his dad again. Remember, him and his dad had an incredibly special relationship. And, uh, and then I think he wanted to see, again, his brothers. Have they grown? Have they gotten any better? Have they learned anything? Do they even talk about me? Do they care about me? Which is amazing, they do. Um, which I think is neat as well. But next week we're going to look at uh, the, the revelation of him being Joseph and one of the greatest biblical truths uh, we'll look at next week as well and looking forward to diving into that, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Um,
And that's something we've got to remember as well. Lord, help us. Um, help us not to be bitter. Uh, Lord, we, we have things that, that are done wrong to us, but again, we can look at Scripture and we see so many people who've been through so much worse than us. Uh, Lord, help us to have an open mind. Uh, Lord, help us to take care of sin, that we don't have to live years of regret and guilt. Uh, but Lord, may we, may we give it to you. You've nailed it to your cross. Uh, so Lord, may we put it there as well. Uh, help us this week to live a clean, obedient life. Help us to be faithful with the gospel. Help us to love one another. Help us to love our neighbors. Um, Lord, help us to love you. Protect us, guide us. Uh, Lord, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.